Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My grandfather and my uncle decided they were going to come up and, well, what she thought was a visit. So they came up and they said, well, you know, we'd like to take the kids for a ride and take them out to dinner. And uh, she was all happy because she's like, you guys had never been in a car before. So it was you know, I guess my grandpa was a, a taxi driver at the time. So they drove all the way from Michigan to Missouri. And that was the last time she saw us. It was a family abduction. Thanks so she never saw us Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. It's your host, Jerome, and I've got Mary Owens with me today. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Jerome. I'm excited to get you to share. So Mary and I were talking, I don't know if it was two or three weeks ago, and mm-hmm. she told me about this amazing story about a lifelong pursuit that she recently brought to closure. And she was like, I haven't really told anybody about this. I don't know how I'm going to get my story out there. And I said, Mary, you've got a great idea. (laughs) Perfect timing. Yeah, here (laughs) we sit with just the most amazing, heartwarming story. And so with that, Mary, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you so they get a little bit of context, and then let's go into this amazing journey that you've had. All right. Uh, Gosh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'm older been living on this earth for about 53 years. Can't believe I said that out loud, but age has never really bothered me. Uh, Age is just a number. I feel kind of like younger, so it doesn't really make much of a difference. I live young. Anyway, um, let's see. I've been working at the same company for about 23 years off and on now. I love what I do. I'm grateful for that. I have a lot of gratitude. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, so I'm feeling all the feels right now, you know, with all the gratitude and all the good things that have happened, but it uh, wasn't that easy. I uh, grew up, a, you know, in, in a difficult life, but, um, you know, you deal with what you deal with and you overcome. And this is, like I said, this is just a great story because uh, I never really thought it would happen, honestly. I just never really thought I, it, would, it would come to fruition, and it did. So I'm very happy, ecstatically happy. <laughs> So tell me, what is, what happened? Okay, so my brother and I, my parents have been divorced many, many times. Okay, so, you know, we kind of just grew up in like a fractured family. So that was just like everyday life for us. We knew nothing different. And um, my mom, my real mother, my brother and I's birth mother, uh, you know, divorced my parents and we lived with my dad for many years and he had several marriages. And so we kind of just kind of like moved around and moved around. But, you know, this whole time I didn't have my real mother around. So there was just a little gap for me, you know, I always felt like I was missing out on something and uh, you know, we dealt with what we dealt with. But when I became an adult, I decided I was going to start searching for her. And uh So I started when I was about 18, I went in the military and I thought, well, you know, now that I'm older and on my own, I'm going to try to do this. 
And I'll be honest with you, I searched and searched and searched and it just took forever, but I did find her and I found her recently. Uh, it took me 50 years, but I, I'd have to say I was actively looking for about mm, 26 years. So, I mean, like, seriously, I've hired people, I've uh, uh, signed up for different subscriptions. It's, there's like this whole trail, everything, everything that I look for and based everything on was misinformation. I just cannot believe I found her. It was like a needle in a haystack kind of deal. So uh, where, where do you want me to begin with that? <laughs> so I think the best way to start would be at the beginning. So tell me about the things that you tried that didn't work. And then let's walk over to like how you actually figured it out and the first piece of contact and then the visit. Okay. So you want to build up the excitement. Okay. I do. This is really, <laughs> really, really exciting. All right. Well, there's a lot of tricky stuff in here. So I'll try to be as succinct as possible. And that's yet again, why I was writing everything out because I have a tendency to wander. Um, so what happened was when I was 18, I went in the military and the military is a really great resource. So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to be able to get all this information. Well, I didn't even have a birth certificate. I was born in the military and they give you a plastic military card, like a credit card. And it's like, you know, that's your birth certificate. It doesn't have any information. It just says you were born and where you were born. So um, when I got older, I filed um, to get my birth certificate from the military and they sent it and there was some information on there. So I had my mother's address where she was born or where she lived at the time. And so I thought, okay, well, that's good information. I'll send some letters there. You know, if you write a letter, maybe it'll go to the house. Maybe somebody there will know. Maybe somebody still lives there. Who knows? So I sent this letter off and it came back, address unknown. So I was like, kind of disappointed, but you know, that was my first strike. Then I hired a private investigator. Um, and I think he just took my $500 and ran. <laughs> no. Um, I, I couldn't even yeah, I couldn't even tell you because he was like, I couldn't find anything. And then that was it. Never heard from him again. So I'm not even sure that was like a legitimate thing even. Um, then I hired a company. Uh, Oprah was uh, coming out in the 80s. So I was having my kids. And of course, this is a pressing moment for me because, you know, being a young mom, I, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I don't have any history or, you know, doctors are like, well, what's your medical history? I'm like, I, I have none. So we're, we're winging it here. Um, so I did like, you know, feel an urgency at all these like peak moments in my life to keep trying. So I hired this company Oprah had been talking about and it was called US Search. And you send them your $29 and you know, you'll be able to find pretty much anybody. So I think it was the original ancestry without the DNA. And uh, so I sent them my little $29 and they sent me a packet. And in the packet was a list of anyone under that name you know, under her name or any variation of it and a phone number. So I started calling and there must have been probably about, I want to say 6,000 phone numbers on that list and uh, got through most of them. So most of my conversations were, you know, hi, my name is Mary. I'm looking for my birth mother. Some people were like, what are you talking about? Some people didn't understand what I was saying because my mother's Korean so they didn't understand, and they didn't understand why I was calling. So I was trying to be as gentle as possible, not break up any marriage. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> or, you wait, know, wait. like freak people out. <laughs> You're calling Korea? I'm calling, I'm calling anyone in the United States with my mother's, a variation of my mother's name. So I'm calling any, her mother, her, my main name, her main name was Cho Wang Kim. So... Anyone with the name Cho was on the list, whether it was their first or last name. Anyone with the name Wang. So literally, like, I don't know, quite a, there's so many phone numbers. There's so many Asian people in the world with Cho Wang Kim as part of their name. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was how you find people back in the day. You know, it was old school, pick up the phone, you know, dial seven digits and then start talking. Um, so, yeah, it didn't get me anywhere. I just made a lot of phone bills, I think, and probably got some people upset. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, so after that, I kind of gave up for a little while, you know, and then I heard about this guy uh, not too long ago. I think it was in 2012 or 13, and that was when I first moved here, and 
he actually went on Google. He was, um, he got lost at a train station. Something tragic happened and he had gotten lost at a train station and the authorities picked him up and listed him as a missing child and adopted him out to the United States. So one day he was on Google and he remembered some of the things because he was a child and eventually traced his steps back and found his family. So I thought, well, I'm going to start Googling stuff. <laughs> so what I did was I took all the information I had, stuff from my birth certificate, information from my brother's immigration record, um, any piece of information or hint of information. Okay. So the information we got was that she was in, uh, you know, Seoul, Korea, that uh, she was born in Incheon, wherever that is. And the address that she had on there was written down by Americans who did not spell or know how to spell words in Korean. So needless to say, the words were not spelled right on our official documents, which is why none of the letters went to the right addresses. So if it weren't for Google, I wouldn't have known I spelled her hometown, Incheon, Korea, or whatever it was wrong. So when I spelled it wrong, that's why I came back. So I rewrote all my letters and, you know, tried to reach out. I did a Google search because I wanted to see what her address looked like. It's a, um, it's an abandoned, like kind of like junkyard now, the actual address. Um, Cause you know, I even put it in Google maps and it actually show you places in Korea, which I think is amazing. Um, so then I was like, okay, well good. Now we got the good information, but there was something inside me that really didn't, I really, I felt like I didn't really have an opportunity. I felt, you know, my mom, based on her age, was 77. The likelihood of finding her alive and well is really slim. And then I just felt like it'll happen. I'm going to stop trying to pursue this. It was because it's kind of painful. I've been looking for a long time. So every time I get a little something, I get excited and then I get really disappointed and then I get excited and then I get real. So this was like, you know, yeah. So this whole process of finding her, I was like, it's not going to happen. I, I'm just going through the motions. It was like when I gave up, everything came to fruition. So it was really weird. Um, so, okay. So now that I've got some good information, my next step, you know, was to just kind of lay low a little bit. My brother was just calling me all the time saying, you know, they got this thing called ancestry DNA. You take a DNA test and you might find some matches or you might find someone who will lead you down a trail. And I'm like, I, I don't really want to put my DNA. <laughs> like if you knew my family at all, you know that DNA is going to tie to something. And I just don't want to know. <laughs> and um, so I'm like, well, Charlie, this is my brother, Charlie. I was telling him, I'm like, well, you do it. And he's like, no, I can't do it. And I'm like, I'm the only candidate. So in other words, I have to do it. So he pushed me. And then it still took me like two months to actually order the kit. So I finally get the kit and I sent it off the very next day. And I don't know why I wasn't really excited, but I thought, well, I got it. So I might as well just do it right away. And then I started getting excited waiting for my results. I wanted to see what would come back. So I got all my nationality stuff and you know, I was actually also part of me, there was a very small part of me, not a small part of pretty big part that wanted to, I was really hoping my dad wasn't my dad. You know, I thought there would be oh, another no. mystery. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know, isn't it crazy? But I was really hoping I was not tied to this family by blood. But as it turns out, our bloodline is true. So, you know, the potential there is <laughs> scary. Anyways, um, so uh, I did the DNA test and there was one person that matched. His name is Christopher and he's actually in Korea, but he didn't list any family ties. It's just a name and there was no way to connect with him because he hadn't been on Ancestry for like two years. So I sent a little message, never heard from him. And then I went to Google and translated the same message into Korean because I thought it might be a little helpful, right? So I sent him the same message in Korean. That didn't work. And then I sent him another message still nothing. This is like two weeks later. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I've got all these resources. And then DNA was like, hey, if you upgrade <laughs> to you. this level, you'll get more information because you know how they do you, right? Yep. So I'm oh. like, all right, I'm going to bump. All right. So I upgraded. And then the whole world just opened up within really? five days. Yeah. Yeah. 
this, like, so the DNA part had nothing like to do with finding my mother. It was that bump. So when I opened up my subscription, I paid, it was like $99. So it wasn't like pricey or anything, but you know, it was good to have all that information open up. And the first thing that came up was, um, a listing for somebody named a phone number in Vermont and their marriage certificate. And I'm like, well, let's check out this marriage certificate. Right. And it listed his name, her husband's name. It listed her name, her parents' names, where she lived, her maid, you know, the name she carried from my dad, excuse me. And then, um, listed his occupation as a plumber. So I'm like, huh, you know where I work, right? So I'm like, plumbers have to carry a license. So I'm like, I wonder if he's still licensed. So the first thing I did was go to the licensing board, type his name in and boom, license number came right up. So I was like, good for him, he's still working, you know? Um, but I didn't know if he was somebody's, you know, like subcontractor or if he actually worked for the company and they were using his license or if he owned a company. So I thought, well, now I'm going to go to Secretary of State. So, of course, you know, again, here's where my knowledge comes in. I go to the Secretary of State and I pop in um, his name and uh, a registration for a company came up. And then I put that in Google with the license number and everything opened up. He's a great big giant contractor, right? So it's public information. They list publicly who works on the state programs or projects. And his license number was right there. So then I'm like, well, I'm going to go to their website because who doesn't put their staff on a website, right? So I'm like, think, 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 Google me a website, came right up. And I go to their website and sure enough, they have a, a about us. Here's our staff page. I go there, pictures of everybody except the owners. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even see. I was like, oh, okay. So now I call that number for the company and I leave a message. I'm like, hey, my name is Mary. I'm looking for these people. I don't know if you know them or you can help me. If you can, please call me back. Here's my number. I must have got nervous and jumbled up the number because he didn't call right away. So then I still had this home phone number with this other person named Tammy on it, right? So I called the number and it's an Asian person who answers, hello, she says. And I'm like, hello, hi, my name is Mary Owens. I'm looking for my birth mother. I'm looking for this person. And, you know, she's so very Asian, this person. And um, she, it's like a hundred million calls I'd made before. I don't understand what you're saying. Who are you looking for? Who are you? I don't understand, don't remember, and that was the extent of our call. So I was like, it could have been three things. One, it could have been maybe his, uh, maybe he remarried and that was his other wife. He had, might have an Asian thing for all I know. <laughs> um, it could be a sister or, you know, one of my aunts or somebody who's living in the home and didn't understand English very well. Um, it could have been the housekeeper, you know, for all I know. Maybe they have somebody that takes care of their calls at home. So I didn't think really anything of it. And I thought, but I was dying. There was something inside of me that felt like I am so close. It was just, it, I, can't, I can't explain the enthusiasm or the excitement um, because I became immediately impatient. Like I need to know right now, right now, if you're the people I need to talk to. Everything was just falling into place like clockwork, little, little lock flies just falling into place and clicking. It was just amazing. And uh, so I called them back. Well, the person that answered the phone gave me another lady to talk to. This is the other lady that was listed on, now on the corporate docs, the owners of the court, the company are, um, you know, uh, the, my, it would be my uh, mother's husband. And as it turns out, his daughter, but I thought it was his wife. See, maybe he got married again and put the company in his wife's name. So when I'm talking to her, I'm like, yeah, okay, so my name is Mary. I'm looking for my mom. I don't know if you know these people. And then she goes, that's my mother. So immediately now I'm talking to my sister and I had no idea. So I, of course, am very excited. I'm like, oh my God, that makes you my sister. I'm like, oh my God, you're my sister. And I was like, nobody was around me. And I'm like, I'm talking to my sister. I'm looking around like, somebody, I need to tell somebody. <laughs> There was nobody around. I was at the office. I was all by myself. Anyways, um, 
Well, she got really upset. I, it, it freaked her out completely. Here's why. Our sister had passed away two years ago. The only sister she had known. The reality is she did not even know about me. So this was coming way, way, way out of left field and kind of on the creepy level for her, you know, to have a sister all of a sudden that she didn't know about call her out of the blue. So I kind of sent her into a tailwind. She threw the phone. Literally, I heard it fall and hit the floor. And then uh, her dad got on the phone and I was, I kind of had to re-explain everything to him. He's like, yeah, I got your call. Couldn't call you back because uh, the number didn't go through. Um, I know he didn't even confirm anything. He's like, yes, I know these people. I'll see if they want to talk to you. So in the meantime, my mom had actually called him and they were, they're still grieving the loss of the other, you know, their daughter. And of course, here I am blowing in like a tiny little tornado, you know, hey, here I am. <laughs> so um, it was, it was quite a shock for everybody. And, uh, but it turned out really super good because now everybody's connected and you know my mom my mom is happy because you know she never told anybody she's had to carry this burden her whole life I couldn't imagine everything so we got to talking and I'll tell you why it was a burden and why she didn't tell anybody because when you know when she came to this a country in America it was during the Vietnam War and the Korean War and she was born on an island in Korea, and her island was taken over by the Japanese. And during that time, they didn't educate women. Uh, women were not, you had to go, if you wanted to get married, you had to see a matchmaker. And they would pair you up with somebody who was, if you were a woman, they would match you with a man who was, you know, smarter and more educated to be able to take care of you. Women were not allowed to be smarter than their husbands or equally smart. Um, so everyone had to see the matchmaker and my mother's mother passed away when she was three and she was being taken care of by her sister. Well, her sister was set up through a matchmaker and was not happy about it. Um, so she did not want her sister to go through the same thing. And that's why she sent her to, you know, the mainland and that's where she met my dad. And then, um, she had my brother and, during the military, you transition to several different places. So he transitioned back home for, you know, probably a couple months. She said she stayed there with my grandparents. And at the time, my grandparents were raising um, foster children, taking care of them. So she knew they were going to, you know, we were going to be taken care of. And then uh, they all, as a family, my brother, my mom, and my dad all went to Missouri. And I guess that's where you know, I was born in the lovely show me state, which is why I don't believe anything. <laughs> and uh, so um, after uh, he was there for a short time, he got called up somewhere. I think it, he might have got called back to Vietnam or something like that. Well, he left her there with us and she didn't speak English and she didn't have a vehicle. She had no job. She had no income. She had no friends. She had no family. She had no one to turn to. And um, so my dad <clears throat> ended up not sending any money home to her and she became kind of destitute. You know, she lost the trailer that we were living. I was born in a trailer <laughs> and um, ended up moving in with some friends. And in the meantime, my grandfather and my uncle decided they were going to come up and well, what she thought was a visit. So they came up. And they said, well, you know, we'd like to take the kids for a ride and take them out to dinner. And uh, she was all happy because she's like, you guys had never been in a car before. So it was, you know, I guess my grandpa was a, a taxi driver at the time. So they drove all the way from Michigan to Missouri. And that was the last time she saw us. It was a family abduction. So she never saw us again. Hey guys, back in 2016, me and the team decided to formalize Dreamcatchers as an organization that could help people achieve their wildest dreams. If this is you, please visit our website at dreamshouldbereal.com in order to find out the details of our services and how we can help you become a dream catcher. Talk to you soon. And she didn't know how to find us. I know. I know. It's crazy, huh? Um, she didn't know who to turn to. Um, realistically, if you look back now, I mean, it, you have that same situation now where people are judged and it's a matter of can you financially, you know, take care of your children? Can you 
there's no way, even if she had gone to court, that she would have had the ability to win that case because she didn't have a job. She didn't speak English. She was in a foreign country. She had no help, no support. My father was um, in the military and the military was super big back then. Everybody was supporting the military. So there's no way she would have even won that case. So that's why we ended up with the life that we had. And that's why my sister ended up with the life that she had. Um, my sister was like, You're, my mom was really super oh, uh, protective, so protective that my sister literally lives right next door. The other sister bought her home within two blocks of my mother's home. So my mom has her very, like her kids really cloistered next to her. And uh, I guess she was very, uh, you know, she had a watchful eye on them. But you can imagine she would, right? If you lost two kids, you want to make sure the next two, nothing happens to them, right? Absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine somebody <laughs> like stealing your kids. Like I know, I know. Just up one day. I mean, imagine just somebody saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna take them shopping for Christmas, and then you never see your kids again." You know, and imagine if you were in, I don't know, Portugal, you know, or you know, Russia. Who are you gonna go to for help? Who are you going to ask for help? You don't speak the language. How are you going to get help? You know, crazy. So needless to say, she um, met a man, fell in love and moved to Vermont and has been living there for 53 years, the same place for 53 years. It's their family home. Seriously. I mean, like, and it's even crazier. It's like, there are so many circumstances where we should have found each other because when I got married, I married somebody with the same last name as my maiden name. So since birth, my name has never really changed for a very long, 10 years. I was, I was married in between and my last name was different, but for the most part, I've always been Mary Owens from Michigan. <laughs> and if she had searched me out on Google, she'd have been able to find me. But this woman is, you know, like I said, there's no, she's still to this day, barely can use the phone. And I think that's adorable, you know, so. Wow. 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 I know. Wow. Great. So much there. So as you were going on the journey, like what were your three biggest lessons that you picked up? Mm. I would have to say some, okay, so this is going to be kind of contradictory. Um, one, never give up on a dream, you know, but stop choke holding it, I guess is the one thing I want to say, because I was hanging on so tight to trying to find, you know, I mean, this was a really big deal. There was a huge I don't even know vacuum inside of me. So um, like you have family and friends and people that love you, but there is a different feeling when you don't have that. And when you find it, it was like, it was like I said, when I hugged her, it was like this whole hole just filled up. I don't even, I can't even explain it. And they're so wonderful. And, and part of me was like, you know, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't have this opportunity. So I guess I would say one, the thing that I learned is I held off a lot. There was reasons I didn't pursue it because I didn't want to hurt the people in my life currently. So in other words, searching for my mother created issues for the people who raised me. The stepmoms felt, I don't know, indignant about it or insulted in some way. So I had an opportunity to go on um, the news. Uh, what was that? Unsolved Mysteries was going to do a story. Um, when I was 18, they had gotten, they'd heard about how my mom had disappeared. And, you know, because she's Korean and, and if she could have gone back to Korea. This could have been a whole huge amount of dead ends. And shh, that's my dog. Sorry. Um, uh, but, you know, like I said, everything worked out. So the three things would be one, pursue your dream, regardless of how other people feel about your dream. It is your dream. And if people aren't happy, then they're not going to be happy when you get your dream one. Um, number two, uh, I would say don't ever give up on a dream. If that's really what you want, you should never give up on it. Um, but also you have to be okay with understanding that you might not get your results. And when I understood that, when I realized that, you know, I might not ever meet her or ever find her or, you know, it might be too late. I kind of had to go through a little mourning on that. And I think that's why I didn't really pursue anything for a minute. Um, but like I said, uh, when I kind of accepted that and let go, that's when everything kind of just popped. Plus, you know, if you really want to get spiritual about it, you know, 
um, I think the timeline had a little bit something to do with the death of my sister. Maybe I needed a little angelic help. You know what I mean? <laughs> so who knows? There's all kinds of mysteries out there. You never know. Oh, oh my last year. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I just, I don't know what to do. So I know. I feel like you skipped over some stuff. So you get there, you hug her, but how did you get to the place where you're getting there and you get to hug her? Oh my gosh. That's, that in itself is crazy little story. Okay. So, um, you know, at first I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll all get together and meet you and we'll kind of plan this out. And everything kind of just kind of like popped. And it was like, I felt like everybody was kind of pushing me along and just kind of like, you know, you ever been in a crowd where somebody just like, oh, Black Friday is a perfect example when they open the doors and you kind of get pushed through whether you want to go through or not. Right. That's the feeling I was getting. All right. So um, we had been talking on the phone um, a couple times and she had mentioned how she wanted to meet and I was all about that. And my brother was and I said, well, we'll, we'll see what, what we can do. So we had um, a date set up, but my brother's plans fell through. So then we had to reschedule. When we rescheduled, we rescheduled for, um, uh, I guess the timing was really poor for Vermont because they're, uh, they have like uh, hotels that are booked months in advance to watch the falling of the leaves or, you know, it's like the perfect photography time in Vermont which I really didn't know was a thing, but people travel all over the world, I guess, to watch the leaves fall or, you know, hey, must be nice. Anyways, so I'm like, yeah, we want to come visit mom. So, you know, we're, we're making plans. And uh, in the meantime, her husband called and said, you know, because these hotels are booked up in advance, he's going to have to book our hotel room in order for us to get, you know, a room. And I guess he knows some people. So he's going to pull some strings to make sure we got taken care of. So, um, you know, he was like, oh, just send me a picture of your license and I'll get you guys a room. I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know, my brother works for the airline, so he's good there. As soon as I know we got rooms booked, I'll book a ticket, blah, blah, blah. A few minutes later, I get a text back. He's booked the room. Not only did he book the room, but he bought tickets too. So he got tickets for me and my brother, me and my brother, me and my husband, and he got a room for my brother as well. So, you know, we've got a place to stay. All we need to do is make it there, you know. So very excited. I get on the plane, you know, do my thing. We land. It's just amazing. They met us at the airport. It's a tiny little thing. Very surprised, but still, you know, just very nervous. We get to the hotel. It's it's not a hotel. They got a suite. Um, there's like this beautiful little basket in the suite. I'm telling you, this place is really nice. And uh he flew us first class, which is the first time I flew first class intentionally, which was super nice. Um, you get really, you know, we just were treated super well. And um, yeah, there were a few gifts. And in, in, I, I made the mistake of telling my mother I liked her purse. And immediately she just dumped everything out in the car and was like refusing to take it back. She, so I was like, from that moment on, I was like, okay, be careful what you say you like, you know, there's no such thing with my family or these people as like a polite, I like your this because you know, they, she just gave it to me. It's like, I don't know. It's crazy. Cause that's what I taught my son. You know, my son will give you the shirt off his back. You know, if he had a bag of candy when he was a kid, everyone had a bag of candy. <laughs> That's beautiful. So it's though. nice to, yeah, it's nice to see that even though she wasn't around to influence me all these years, that I live my life to um, honor her, you know. So, you know, that was nice to see that commonality, I guess, you know. So what made you keep trying, though? I mean, I know you said a few times you gave up, but you didn't give up. Because I don't know. I guess, yeah, hope. You know, and just, you know, for the most part, I think I needed to know something. I needed to know um, probably a lot of things now that I found her okay. I probably needed to know what the real deal was. Um, you know, I needed to, I think I needed to find her to be a whole person, you know, all, and, and I don't mean that because I'm only five foot. Um, I, I really <laughs> I meant that for my mental health, you know. But I love that she's tiny like me. So I, I take after her a lot, <laughs> which is good because my other sisters apparently take after their dad a lot. So, you know, I, I like being relatable to my mom. So if you could take a time machine and go back, what would mm. you change? 
You know, I thought about that and I think about that often. I think we all kind of do a little bit, don't we? You know, like, oh, if I could do this over again, um, I would do a million gazillion things over again if I had control over the results. But the reality is we don't. So I guess I would not change anything. Um, maybe I would, like I said, try harder initially, you know, instead of worrying about what other people's feelings you know, would be in the end, their feelings weren't real anyway. So I should have just pursued my happiness or my dream. I could have found her sooner. We could have had more time together. That's going to probably be my biggest, you know, other than, you know, smoking. (laughs) I was like, what is my biggest regret in life? And seriously, it's ever picking up, you know, smoking, um, the habit. And and I don't mean just like smoking to be cool. I mean, I've got to have it. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's probably the one thing I would, I would turn back time on. I would do that differently. But in, in, if anything, uh, any action I took or any pain that I, um, I had to bear through my entire life, I'd do it all over again. Probably 10 times worse just to end up where I am because it worked out in the end. So, um, you know, any dream you pursue in the end, it's uh, accomplished by your own energy. It's what you do. So it's, it's not based on anything that anyone's thoughts or feelings or actions are. It's just yours and yours alone. So I guess that's what I would say. Move, move forward. Don't give up. And, you know, but I'm, I'm not saying, you know, kill everybody around you and hurt them to death. But there's, there's a good balance. You know, I, I waited too long. I always do. So I think I should have started sooner and we would have had more time and time is going to be the biggest kill. It's it's about time, you know, but in the end, this is a 53 year, you know, as far as I'm concerned, miracle because one, one different decision she had made and I could have been, you know, we we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be making rice in a patty somewhere, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Think about it. Cause I, I think about, you know, what it would be like to be her and to be in this country with no help to be alone. It's got to be scary and terrifying, you know, and to this day, she, you know, she's not very up on technology and she doesn't watch TV, which is so cute. She watches Korean TV. So she's got K-pop music going all the time. Um, She's just a different little person. You know, she does the Korean squad and I just love her to death. She's everything I ever thought she would be and more. So I'm, I'm very, very happy. That's a great ending to, to a not so good start. So how, how do you harness this and move forward? Is it just, I found mom and it's over or is it just sharing the story? Like what next? Mm, Good question. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling like everything is over. I'm feeling like this book has been closed, this chapter. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting for the next thing to come to fruition. I guess, you know, since I have, I pretty much have everything I could ever want. Seriously, I, I'm very happy with um, the way everything's worked out. Finding my mom literally was everything. Seriously. It was, we were like, Oh, what are your three things? And I'm like, Everything impacts your life, but, you know, um, being a mom was really important to me and giving my kids what I felt that I didn't have growing up, you know, so that was important to me. Um, My relationship with my husband is important to me, and I couldn't have done it without his support. Um, I could have gone through my whole life and the end of my life knowing that, not knowing this information, I would have been okay. I would have been somewhat sadder, but my my brother's ecstatic. It's turned him into a different person. Um, I'm ecstatic. It hasn't really turned me into a different person because I'm almost afraid to enjoy the joy. So um, I guess the only other thing to do is just try to figure out how to be a millionaire. Maybe I'll start investing. (laughs) What do you mean? Maybe. Come on. (laughs) I know. Yeah. You got to be more positive. That's right. I have to actually own the dream in order to have the dream. So I'll do it this way. When I become a millionaire from investing or winning the lottery, one of the two, um, I'll find a way to, you know, submarine this. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'll probably know, be able to give back more. What's really cool is you said, you know, I felt like I was being pushed to my dreams. So you ended up with momentum. And 
call it conspiracy theory or whatever, like I believe that the universe colludes with you when you have an intention and you believe that mm. it's actually going to be so. And so I think words matter. I absolutely believe that words matter. And so I think it's it's very interesting that you had that experience where you were actually being pushed to where you were supposed to be going. And even though you took breaks along the way, I don't think you actually quit. You took breaks along the way. You were dealing yeah. with the emotional piece of it not working and the struggle of getting your hopes up and then going back down and riding that roller coaster. Oh, yeah. And then to actually enjoy the mm-hmm. final piece of it where you get to hug her and you get to talk to her and it's not too late where you you get there and you know all there is is like a headstone or something and you you can only imagine what it would have been but you know and to see that she loved you like she gave yeah. you whatever she was willing to give you whatever she had and she, nobody else was going to tell you that story right like, that's right that's right you got well that's closure. that's the truth of it my my family has told us many, many stories. My brother was told that she was deceased already. When he was young, my dad said that we would never find her, that she was gone, gone. Mm. Um, So we were not sure, you know, if, if that meant my dad took care of things or someone took care of things or whatever. I don't know. Like I said, that was one of our hesitations. My family um, is interesting. And um, me and my brother are grateful to be here today <laughs> to live through it. But, um, you know, it wasn't an easy life. And like I said, pretty much, I've told you this before, and I've talked to women's groups and survival groups. And the truth of the matter is, um, I didn't want this show or this conversation to be negative. But the truth of the matter is, I do have issues with family. That's why family is truly the most important thing to me. Everything I didn't get when I was growing up, I put into my children. So if you're talking about the universe making everything right, yeah, I think everything's come full circle. Um, kind of felt like the universe and the world owed me. So seriously, I'm like, this is my payback. You know, this is this is this is the joy that I get for going through everything that I had gone through, or everything that my brother had gone through. So this is our reward for dealing with that. And you know, some people could say, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just how things work out. And I'm going to be like, you know, I, I'm going to take what I take. Just like you take the words that you own. I own, like anyone can say, you know, I'm controlling or um, I just look at it as detail oriented. To me, that's a more positive way of looking at what they're calling controlling. So people can call me controlling. It's how I reflect that, you know, or how I own that, that really matters. So that that's taken me a really long time um, to absorb, but um, I think I'm a pro at it now. <laughs> yeah, I think framing it in a manner that it benefits you is, you know, the yeah. of um, letting not letting the world happen to you, but you happen to the world. Yeah, you get to affect change. You get to influence your outcome. Yeah, I learned when I was probably, I want to say around 16, one of the things that really changed my life was knowing that I was the one in control of my own destiny. And when I say that, um, it it was stupid. It was the worst thing I could have done. But um, I did really well in school and uh, had really good grades for a while. My parents went through a divorce and um, my grades started slipping. And my dad got really super upset because I had gotten, I think, one D. And then I just said, well, I'm going to quit. So I didn't go to school. I skipped school. Um, I had failed every class that following semester and he didn't say boo about it. Now, if you knew my dad, that was like, not going to happen. He didn't say anything about it. So that's when I realized the only person I was really hurting was myself. You know, when you have somebody who's in your life, who's supposed to care about those things and didn't care, but yet went all bajiggity over a B plus or a D or C or something, you know, it kind of, it kind of, I was, I don't know, I got, um, oh, I became aware really quickly that, you know, I was going to have to be responsible for me and where my life went. And I didn't make good choices. I was young and dumb like everybody else, but that's when you make them when you're young and dumb, you know, when you're 20, you make your mistakes then. Um, Cause it gets an awful lot more difficult as you get older, you know, so more people counting to... on you, more responsibility. It, it changes right. dramatically. And so, this question may 
go without saying, but I'll ask anyway, what are you most grateful for, Mary? Mm, family. You knew that though, right? Yeah. 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 I am. I've always been most grateful. I always, I know how vulnerable family is and how like <laughs> me and my husband were talking about it. Um, family is so important to me that I'm willing to hang on to the worst family in the world. Just to say I have a family. So that's like, for those of you that had your wonderful Thanksgiving dinner, that you were able to spend it with your children and your grandparents and your aunts and uncles and neighbors and brothers, you know, that's a really amazing event. There are a lot of people out there just like me who don't have that or didn't have that growing up, you know? I mean, we did. I was laughing at my brother because, you know, I, I guess I should be grateful that I had something and that's, that's where I live. I'm, I'm grateful to have something, but is it what I really deserve you know I mean again where you take ownership then you decide what you really deserve and I deserve better I deserve a family who loves me and you know wants to eat my mashed potatoes or whatever I don't know <laughs> but it's interesting right because we we will accept I guess what's ritual or tradition often you know this is normal yeah. even if it's not healthy or something that doesn't bring us to our best self uh, just because that's what the folks around us do and that's what we're taught to accept. Mm -hmm. And you raised your standard. You decided that there mm -hmm. was more, there was going to be more, you wanted something different for your kids. And in the end, you wanted something different for yourself. So I, I admire you for that. I think that's amazing. Oh, thanks. I just recently heard that you are the average of your five best friends. You're the average of your five best friends. So if you're not where you need to be, you need to make new friends. If you want to elevate yourself, surround yourself by people who are going to elevate you and um so yeah you know sometimes like I said I hang on too long I I held on to what I believed would be you know it's better to be loved a little than not loved at all is what I always believed which is why I hang on to things but the truth of the matter is if you you have to learn to love yourself and be okay with letting go of that little bit of love because that's not real love it's just your fear you know you have to let it go so I let it go and look what happened, you know, I mean, in the time that I've known my real mother, I felt more love and more generosity, even financially, than I did the whole time I spent with my entire family. Isn't that sad? But how wonderful, you know, I finally have that opportunity. And not everyone's going to get that chance. So, so get it. Go. If you've got people you want to look up, look them up now. Do it. I, I wouldn't hesitate. Time is short. And it's precious and make every moment last and be stupid and be silly and who cares, you know, enjoy your life. So what's the one thing you want people to take away from our talk today? Hmm. I don't know. What do you do? What do you take away from it? Never give up is mine. It's like, mm -hmm. if it's in your heart, if it's been placed on your heart to do it, then yeah. you need to finish whatever it is it doesn't mean that you actually yeah. have to complete it if completion doesn't actually exist but know that you did everything you can do in order to accomplish it because yeah. then you know you've turned over every stone you've done everything that you can there is no regret right if you don't do yeah. it you always wonder what if but what if that's you exactly do absolutely right. everything you can and then you on a needle in the haystack chance you find that needle and you get to experience something that confirms all of the questions you've been asking yourself for yeah however many yeah years, right? it's a pandora's box now you know i'm learning stuff every day i mean seriously and you know there, i'm sure that this could really uh, <laughs> open up a lot more stuff but i don't have to worry about that so th at this point it's like I, i've been given the best gift in the world and i would say definitely um you know don't give up on whatever it is you know just never give up that's a, that's you know i know a lot of people who've given up and you know don't for those of you that that feel like you know you can't get through it don't let a temporary situation be the uh you know, ruination of the rest of your life, seriously. Um, hang in there. People will love you. You'll find your people. You know, I don't know what to tell. I don't know what else to say. Just always be positive um, because I've had to fool myself many, many times. You know, I've had to, I've had to, I got to tell you, I, 
I can BS with the best of them, but nobody BSs me better than me. So, you know, I just had to keep fooling myself into believing I could do this. And, you know, sometimes it was hard and, and I didn't really want to look at this and I don't want to believe the truth. And I didn't want to know there were things that I in my life had said, I just don't want to hear anymore because everything led me down this road where I would find something horrible out, you know, and I'm like, oh, I just can't take anymore, you know, so I just didn't want to look at it. But, um, you know, if you push through the pain and things that are difficult, the reward is great. So, you know, it's hard. Everything you want in life is going to be hard. Guess what? It's going to be painful. It's going to punch you in the gut every now and then, but it'll be so worth it in the end. So That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing such an amazing story with us. On no, this thanks for having day. me. Um, I hope this thing gets all kinds of traction and you're all over the television I do too. and the country I do too. and just that'd be and, great. Yeah. Encouraging people <laughs> I'd love to, to do not it. quit. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be great. I'd love to do a, a reunion next. I want to try to, you know, meet, um, my sister has daughters. I met uh, one of my nephews already. My sister already, she has another daughter in uh, college right now. I haven't had a chance to meet her. Uh, they haven't had a chance to meet my children yet and my husband's children. So I'm hoping to, you know, I hope we have a, a family reunion where I can meet some of my Asian cousins. And, you know, my mom is the last of her family. She's the only one left except for her nieces, you know, so her generation is gone. And, you know, I want to meet them before that. I miss that opportunity, you know. So if the listeners want to get in contact with you to learn more about how they could kind of emulate your process, are you open to that? And if so, what's the best way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Email is great. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give out my email? Yeah. I'll link it up in the show notes. I just wanted to have permission. All right. Well, let me give, well, do you want me to just give it to you now? You can use my um, other one. Because the one I gave you is my personal. So let me give you my work one. My personal work one. Okay. It's uh, info at 81echo.com so info at 81echo.com got it perfect thank you perfect well mary uh thank you again for sharing and guys if you made it to this part of the show you must have really liked it so i really appreciate if you share it with somebody like and do a written review we'll talk to you guys thank you for joining the tribe today we would love to hear from you don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.